The international break is in motion, but the beautiful game never stops. Champagne soccer, we here. And I'm joined with the crew, Platus, Ephraim, Marcus, Anthony. What's going on, guys? What's happening? I'm good, man. Back again. Not much. Another week. Greg, why are you still around? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, man, I hope all, all of y'all had a good weekend. I know, Anthony, you celebrated your birthday. You saw a city smoking opponent. Let us yep. know how your weekend was, man. Man, it was a lot of Zacapa, Guatemalan rum, uh, Man City slaughtering, uh, the OG Big Head Company. Hey, man. Um, man, we dropped one goal, and it was like a TV show, a movie. It started raining, and then it really poured. We dropped five other goals. It was insane. Um Beautiful match to watch. Great weekend with the family. Funny fact, my dad's birthday is the day before mine. You know what I'm saying? Couldn't write it any better. So it was a, it was a luxurious weekend, man. It was awesome. How about y'all? And might I add real quick, you got to also celebrate the matriarch of our family the, net, the day after yours. Oh, my, my great aunt, Aunt Pat. Hey, funny other fact, Ephraim is not just play because he's my real cuz. So, yeah. Milton Mafia, salute. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> it is a big family. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, but yeah, I pulled up on Anthony to watch the match. Yeah, we got turned before he went to his dinner. But hey, this formation is back. <laughs> Excuse me. It's back to 3241. Vincent Company and his squad. They were trying to press in certain areas. They didn't want to trigger, you know, the long balls a lot, but it was working. You guys were getting the 50-50 chances, the second recovery balls. Um, Burnley plays very well. They play with a 4-2-3-1. They're currently leading the championship. And in their style, you see a lot of Guardiola's influence and company. It was funny the way he walked out. Like, they let him walk out first. And then Pep walked out later. Then we saw the real Mike Summerby. I was like, whoa, Summerby's there? Old school city? But hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, They found a hey, Alvarez was on fire. He found Holland with a couple chances. Foden found him. Rico Lewis was looking good. Hey, De Bruyne was looking. And, but hey, I enjoyed the match. It was a nice quarterfinal, but... uh. What do you think moving forward, Anthony? Are you expecting this trophy? Yeah, man, that goes without question. Um, I know those guys that, you know, with the devil on their chest are praying for something else because uh, they go against Brighton and United. That's the semifinal, just in case you don't know. It's Brighton, Albion versus United, and us versus us versus like Sheffield, one of them, one of them when Wednesdays are united. One of those guys is about to get scared. So, <laughs> so we're gonna slide them. We're sliding united. We'll hey Arsenal, you may be able to get the Premier League, you know, but we still got time. But we definitely getting two trophies this season. And it ain't the community shield. You feel me? I'm talking about 
F A and yeah, see, I know Dan, I know you was gonna say, yeah, community should know this calendar year is gonna be <laughs> FA Cup and Champions League for sure. Premier League, wow. yeah. Yeah. I mean, y'all have had the easier road to, to the FA Cup final. Let's be honest, right? Y'all y'all the last three two matches we didn't play was against Premier League uh teams. Every every title, everything that they compete in, it's an easy route to the quarterfinal. <laughs> well, not the Champions League. They're gonna have a tough opponent with that one. So but I mean they're gonna humble that too. <laughs> yep, I hope so too. Um, yeah, y'all had some easy opponents. Who'd y'all play uh before Brighton? I mean, before uh Burnley, like <laughs> Grimsby, no, that was uh that was uh that was Brighton. It was something like Bristol City, man. It was somebody hey, it was somebody that was supposed to get slid. <laughs> y'all playing teams in the championship about to get relegated. Come on, bro. Like y'all ain't even playing like the top teams. So anyway, you know, it's all good. I, I like the confidence. Yeah, I, I think y'all are favorites. Y'all should be favorites to win. So um United didn't look good in the match against uh um uh, uh Fulham. They look horrible. You know, they, Fulham fucked themselves up on that one. So uh there's no way we should have won that one. I I'd be first one to tell you we should have lost that match. So Hey, let's get into it. Uh, e money bags. So it was a red card party with you guys against Fulham, man. Break it down for us. Well, Fulham for like sixty something, seventy minutes looked like the best team in the match. They had a one nil win lead off of uh, I think it was off a corner kick or a free kick, and um, Mitrovic hit something, hit it, uh, hit it in off the ground, bounced past the hair. One uh zero one, Fulham. They dominated possession for the most part. Next thing you know, United going to counterattack. Anthony comes in. I know where everybody's been giving him shit. Anthony comes in. He actually changed the matchup a little bit. Uh, get a little counterattack from a uh from a free kick. Go the other way. Hits Jaden Sancho. Gets to the box. Gets around the keeper. Leto. Uh, Leno, excuse me. Uh, Willian gets up there. Smacks the ball down, tries to say it was his. Uh, he tried to pull it in. He did not, obviously. The man hit hey, the ball. Hey, hey, man. I I got a theory, man. What's up? Y'all paid that goddamn ref, man. <laughs> hey, come on, bro. Them joints was legit red cars. It's I just watched the hey, I just watched the MLS match and they gave a yellow for a dude had his hand all the way out. Right, but if it's but if you if you if you if you do it on purpose like he did, he smacked it down. I see what you're saying. Like if it's already out. They wouldn't have gave him a red card. It would have just been a penalty. But he smacked it down and tried to hide it and pull it back to his chest, saying, making it seem like it was always at his chest and it was not. So I see what you mean. At the same time, the, the rules say if you intentionally uh, handball, then it's going to be a red card. You out. So he, so yeah, he got he was legit. And then Mitrovic, like a dumbass, he gonna go in there and push the ref. Like that's an automatic red card. You getting kicked out the match. That's why uh, I say y'all paid him off, bro. He didn't even <laughs> listen to him though at, at all. Like he was yelling at him since he had came from the sideline. He just sure, but he shouldn't have put his hands on him though. I, I seen. I, I think he would have maybe just got a yellow for for what is it called? What they call a descent. After that, he put his hands on him. He clearly pushed the ref. Now he didn't like full out arms extended push the ref. But you, it's like the NBA. You put your hands on the ref. You getting ejected, bro? So that I get hey, to you on that. I mean, we boy. saw Bruno push a ref, and it was no issue. So I mean, what is it? Is it issue Wally or is it one Mike? Hey, I, I don't know about that. So you got to show me the tape on that one. Oh, it is uh, in the same match. All right. 
I don't think he did that. Now it wasn't that extreme if he did. Now uh, no, Marco Silva, he still pushed the ref. He still put hands on him. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, like I said, I got to see the table on that one. Um, but Marco Silva also got kicked out. So uh, for getting in the technical, getting out of his technical area, arguing about the penalty. So after that, you know, convert the penalty. Uh, a couple minutes later, uh, another goal, two one, and then near the end of the match, third. Uh, goal from Bruno Fernandez. So uh three one. Like I said, Fulham at the end of the day should have really won that match. But hey, it is what it is. We're off to the semifinals. We're gonna play uh Brighton. Uh yeah, that'll be a tough match. Uh they beat us already this this season, two one at Old Trafford. We still got to play them in the Premier League as well. But uh yeah, it'll be uh it'll be interesting. So um I expect us to beat them. At the same time, I you know I wouldn't be surprised if you know hey, if they pulled it out. So we don't look, we don't, we haven't been looking good, honestly. So, um, you know, it, we'll see how it goes, bro. We'll see how it goes. I dig that. Now Brighton, they're balling right now, and their coach Deserby, he's doing something interesting tactically. I advise y'all if y'all interested in that stuff, check out. Statman's Dave's uh video on Brian's tactics. It's very enlightening because they're building up differently. They're using six people to build up where teams normally use five, and that helps them retain possession. And they have the best buildup in the Premier League since he's taken over the team. Very interesting. So that should be a great matchup. Now, Marcus. Because Fulham was playing United, you got to relax this week. So how did you enjoy your vacation, man? Well, it was my brother's, oldest brother's birthday. So I was out there in the cold on Saturday grilling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, hey, it was lit, though. Good family experience. But I did see that real, uh, you know, El Clasico. Mm-hmm. We can okay. break that down right now, man. Oh, 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 dive in, dive in, because um, well, I, I did laugh at a couple things. Uh, Kunde, it doesn't matter where you are on the pitch, my brother. You're trash, Amen. okay? <laughs> and Madrid, they, they look like just cup, a cup-winning team because, like, I was going to ask this. Have they won the league consistently since Zidane left? No, I mean, even when he was there, they really wasn't dominant. But, but wasn't he saying that the league is should be more important to that club or something like that? Yeah. Yes, he did. You're right. He talked about how it's important to dominate your league because that marks the imprint of a great team. And, you know, winning the Champions League is great, but if you always got to see another team, when in the league in your country, then it looks fishy. Like Zidane, for example, he won the league twice with them and three Champions Leagues. But during those Champions League runs, they only won the league once during the, that time. So, yeah, they don't be bossing up in the the league like that. And then y'all already know Ancelotti, that boy, winning the league is tough for him. He's coached how many all-star teams and he only has five league titles. So, yeah, it's hard for that, brother. So, it is interesting. But that match, man, Barcelona scored all the goals. 
Real Madrid, it was interesting. <laughs> we know they have a special midfield, but in that match, they were getting punked by the kids. And <laughs> I know you don't like Gavi, um, Cletus, and I could see why, because he is an annoying little brat. He likes to take himself more seriously than he looks, but hey, he's got the nastiness that shows up in games like this that you need that intensity. And shout out to Frank Kessie, the game-winning goal in the 92nd minute. I know it's been hard for him to transition to the team because... How was he even registered? Yeah. (laughs) You know, they had to move some things around, but Grandpa Busquets has been... You know, still starting, he is the captain. So it's been harder for Kessie to break in the team. But as of late, he has been doing his thing. And you can tell next season, excuse me, if Busquets decides to go to Inter Miami with Messi, hey, I think that midfield is going to be special. But yeah, Kunde was geeked. He is better at center back. But yeah, Arajal, he was on the right. And yeah, he gave up the own goal. But what did y'all think about the El Clasico if y'all got the chance to see it? Hey, one more thing though. I was gonna yeah. say I, I thought Frankie De Young played real good. Yeah. Uh Rafinha, he's some really a lost boy outside of Leeds. Honestly, in my opinion, sometimes he be doing some lost stuff. Like he missed the whole ball. Um and Louie, I ain't gonna lie, he so it's like he getting comfortable with the kids. To be honest, it was like he was leading the kids. That shit was kind of weird to me. Um yeah. <laughs> They made that little rally because, honestly, I thought it was over when Asensio got that goal. I thought it was a wrap. But this season, I also think – well, I think in the league, Rudy could be looking kind of weak, bro. Um, That partnership ain't good for him. But what what do y'all think? Yeah, I, I ain't never really rate Rudy good like, like that. Wow. Yeah, uh-huh. back three boss. We know the truth. <laughs> Um, yeah, I never really rated him like that like that anyway. Um, I only watched really the second half. I didn't really get to see the first half of it. But uh, I mean it was good, it was a good finish. I like a photo finish. Um I obviously like Dan highlighted, you know, uh Kessie with the goal in the 92nd minute. I same as you, Marcus. I thought it was a wrap after uh Asensio scored or Doty scored. But um yeah, good match. I mean in Barcelona was kind of, you know, I wouldn't say running away with yeah, I guess they are. They're 12 points up. So they're kind of running away with the La Liga anyway. So I really didn't think it, even if Madrid won that they would win the league. So, you know, one way or the other, it didn't to me, it didn't really matter. I think Barcelona was going to win this league uh, this this season anyway. So um, good match. Uh, what it should be, I think. I think one, this is like what casual fans want to see when they watch soccer. You know, they already talk, you know, people kind of make fun of me about, oh, you watch that boring-ass soccer so whatever it is what it is uh this is the kind of match you're like all right this is why you watch it though uh you know rivals going at it scoring in the last minute basically and at the death as they like to say in england um and yeah it, it was great so i enjoyed watching it i'm glad it came down to, to to what it did i wish the league was closer than it was right now but hey yeah for sure uh Cletus, as a brother who has enjoyed the enchilada experience at both of your clubs Bayern and Chelsea how would you classify this phase and his run at a club do you think he's losing the locker room do you think he's too much of a friend that's what I've seen like different analysts 
trying to say you already know how he is he's the ultimate players coach what do you think this phase is right now with him at you at madrid before i go ahead and answer that you know anthony happy birthday by the way i got got it right here i'm about to light it about to spark it for you so happy birthday my guy thank but, you bro appreciate you it. know you know but as it relates to Ancelotti, I really don't feel like the issue is him. I think coming out of the January transfer market, uh, Perez definitely dropped the ball. Looking at the squad, you can see that you have a very aging squad. Yes, they did sign some young players in midfield. But when it comes to goals, they really don't have a lot of options. We kind of thought Asensio was going to be out, but then he got a contract extension. Um they didn't really bring anybody else that could really contribute up top. Hazard is kind of just sitting there, just collecting checks. So, you know, this El Clasico, when I, from beginning to end, it just seemed like Madrid has been missing like a new spark. Like they just need somebody new, somebody different to come into the squad and just like do what, uh, what's his name, Torzen or whatever has done for Arsenal, just like linking up plays more, just creating more options for everybody else. Because a lot of time it just came down to Vinicius trying to dribble and then, you know, lay it off the bends. But even Vinicius himself was like pretty strapped. He was strapped the whole game. He really didn't contribute much. So they need to find some different energy, find more creativity somewhere else instead of just trying to still rely on Benzema, Madrid, Cruz, and, you know, all those guys. I hear that, but you already know it's tricky when you're a team like Real Madrid. It's hard to find super subs. I mean, they have Rodrigo, who did a job last year, but he's kind of regressed a little bit this season. Um, even even with that, I feel like my only critique of Ancelotti was his substitution or maybe his starting lineup. I feel like Asensio might have been a starter because he does offer a little bit more on the wing and he's more goal oriented. Um, so that's another option, but I feel like his subs kind of came at the wrong timing. But besides that, I really do think they're starting to have a personnel issue at Madrid. And it's not necessarily, they need to have like a super sub um, finding the right players to fit into the formation is just what they kind of need right now. Word and hey, speaking of a uh, last minute results, it also happened to your club, Cletus, uh, Chelsea 2, Everton 2. How did you see that match? Something told me, bro, from minute one watching the game, something just told me this game is not gonna end how I want it to end. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I wasn't comfortable that we're gonna get that win, especially with Everton on the bounce, having a new manager, they've been playing a lot more fluid, a little bit more creative. And just looking at the stats, you know, we had 68% possession. We had seven shots. Only, yeah, I'm sorry, we had 10 shots, only seven that were on target, um, which showed that we were being a little bit more creative. But honestly, all in all, we just didn't show that assertiveness in the game and that, like, confidence that, yeah, we know it's Everton. Yeah, we know you guys are kind of on the bounce, but we about to brush all aside. We didn't show that at all. But, again, a point is better than nothing, and we score goals, so... It is what it is. Yeah, I was about to say y'all y'all definitely doing something right, scoring goals at least. So uh, six, yeah. a very sick standard to hold right there, man. Well, it's, it's a lot of six standards at Chelsea right now, to be quite honest with you. But honestly, again, the only reason why I feel like we're playing a lot better and scoring goals is because we have Kovacic back, we have you know Chilwell back, we have Reese, 
Um, so we're having like players who are kind of more familiar playing with each other, helping us out. But um, when it comes to like the personnel itself, I still have a lot of issue. I'm still with the team Potter out, you know, it is what it is, but at least we're able to be a little bit more creative now. Hey man, uh, when that smiling Matt French man gonna get back on the pitch? Hey, you took the words of mouth, man. <laughs> I was literally gonna ask the same question. Hey man, if we're not talking about Mason, I don't know what else to say. Oh, okay. Oh, because so, so you're not really rating. You're not really rating content coming back right now. I mean, to be honest, I don't. I don't want to rush it because it's like. I, I'm still in a mindset of I want to sell him. Yeah. So I don't want to like have him playing and pick up an injury and, you know, his market value drops or anything like that. But again, I would love to have Conte back, but the only issue is now is like how we're going to be able to fit him and Zoe and, you know, who else, whether it's Kovacic or Gallagher or Loftus-Cheek, you know, how are we going to fit all those personnel into the midfield? And even at that, I don't think, those individuals are our most creative players. So I would much rather have Enzo in that in that midfield. Fair enough. Oh, go, go ahead, Marcus. So you rate in Loftus Cheek over Conte? I don't rate Loftus Cheek at this moment. He's oh, wow. he's I'm open to I've been open to selling Loftus Cheek. I think, you know, again, like I love him. He's been at Chelsea for a while, great things, but for his career and for us, I think we he needs to move on. I mean, he's a great bench player, you know, super sub, if you want to call him that. But we need, like, real quality coming off the bench as well, not somebody we're hoping could do something. Yeah, whenever I see him, he is down a lot. You know, sometimes we have a really good solid game. Others, he ends up missing a lot. So, uh, and I would say, as far as, like, coming off the bench, you know, would you say that Conte could be, like one of those reliable, all right, bring them on in the 60th, 70th minute when we up 2-1, you know, to kind of hold it down for the rest of the match? Could it be something like that? That's something I'm open to. Um, The only downside to that, again, is like, you know, his legs, is he able to, like, keep up? Is he going to be able to run, make those tackles at this age? But I'm pretty sure he can to a certain degree. But, again, I just – I don't know. I've been – I really – like, as much as I love Conte, I've been more open to selling him because I want the bread. But I think with Enzo, he could play his old the role that he played at Leicester. It wasn't as yeah. it wasn't as high pressure and, and full full speed as as like Conte. And then who who was right behind Conte? Like whoever has followed up has been on him. I think that's been the problem when he has to like be that super pressing midfielder and that's create what, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when his shit stuff. Bro, we were never talking about him getting goals. Until until like maybe what two years ago, so like that's crazy to me. Yeah, it's social. But even on on that topic, like you know the Mason Mount thing, Arsenal wants some, Liverpool wants some, United yeah, wants some, you know everybody wants them. But it's just it's really crazy. Like all bias aside, bro, a player like him to be treated the way he is, like. It's it's crazy, but again, I, I hope that we find some type of agreement on his contract and we could keep him a little bit longer. Hendo, you at you at England to do two jobs: tell Mason and tell Jude. Club will teach you that. <laughs> Y'all got to get rid of some uh, baggage first, though, right? Oh, it's about nine motherfuckers leaving. 
<laughs> My man says Saul can go too. Would you say yeah. 30 billion? That's it. It's a hey. at Liverpool this year. It's a clearance out here, bro. We Burlington Kurt Coat Factory right Ooh. now. <laughs> hey, that's wild. <laughs> I got a question for you, Claytis, if you don't mind. Are you enjoying the process of seeing this team develop? their identity or do you think it's getting annoying that you can't find consistency i'm more so annoyed at the consistency because it's this something that's been like going on for years now um i do want to be positive you know that you know they're showing some more fluidity looking a little bit better in attack but i still feel like potter just the job that he's entitled to do is just a little bit too big for him so I like to I like to see us continue on this path where you know we're scoring goals, showing creativity, and see how we're gonna like, you know, train in the preseason and like what our identity is gonna be starting out next season. Cause this season, this I've I've written up this season, you know, I already told you guys, I'm not really competing until 25-26. Wait, wait. With that coat powder, or are you saying a new coat? No, with, with with the team, like I'm not expecting the team to be competitive until 2025. Why is that? Do you think it's a, a real turnaround with personnel that needs to happen, or is this yeah, a I think I mentality think switch? It's a personnel tactics mentality. Um, it's a lot, and I feel like players are also distracted because of a number of things like new owners coming in, contracts new players that are coming in, coming in on, you know, high school contracts, damn near here for eight years, seven, you know, like, it's just, it's crazy. But we also got to start identifying, like, our style of play. Like, previously, we've been more so pragmatic, counterattack-ish in a sense. But now it's like, yes, I see we're trying to be more creative, um, try to kind of flow through the wings, you know. But I feel like these are things that are going to take quite a while to implement because, Looking at Liverpool, like, it took y'all quite some time. Although you guys were, like, you know, making it to finals, you guys are showing, you know, signs of improvement. It still took you quite a while to really be like, this is Klopp's Liverpool. You feel me? And I feel like Klopp has his identity. He knows that he wants to play. But Potter, he doesn't really have that. Hey, it takes time. And I guess this can segue into Arsenal. Look at how many years it took Arteta to find his identity. When he started, he was using the 3-4-2-1, which is what Wenger used to win his last FA Cup. Arteta used it to win his FA Cup. Then eventually he moved to this 4-2-3-1, then 4-3-3. Now he uses like a hybrid formation where it is a 4-3-3, but... Odegaard pushes up to the 10. So now we play a better attractive style of play, but it takes time. So at least you guys have the bigger budget to get these players that theoretically it should be, you know, easier to adapt if you have a talented coach to, you know, guide them. But we'll see. I mean, uh, shout out to Patrick Vieira. He got fired and, uh, you know, Arsenal. Y'all made that man lose his job. <laughs> yeah, so Arsenal had to... Oh, your know, old legend. Yeah, bless Crystal Pat. Well, you know, he's a city legend too now, E. You know, he left us... For to, sure. Yeah, he left us to join the city group. Good luck with that. 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, Arsenal four, Crystal Palace one, couldn't keep the clean sheet. But overall, it was a good match. Uh, London Derby, high intensity. You know, Crystal Palace had the new manager bounce. The last three matches, the reason why Vieira got fired is because these brothers couldn't even get a shot on target. And that was the first time, I believe, in PL history that three straight matches, a team doesn't get a shot on goal. So, yeah, it was disgusting. That's why he had to go. I understood it. But in the first half, hey, hey, Dan. Yep. Sorry to cut you off, bro, but I've been having this question for the last two years. How much y'all play pay paying Saha to just look like shit every time y'all play them? Hey man, it's, <laughs> we're not paying. We're not paying them anything. You know, hey, he's hey, Dan, can I, oh. this guy, he's a London kid. Okay, to be honest, hmm. there's a lot of them. You know, in the Premier League that are Arsenal fans, and when they play yep. Arsenal, some of them, you know, they just lay low. That is true. We the hood team. <laughs> That's why shout out Daniel Sturridge when he said when Michael Richards asked him, You are Arsenal fan, aren't you? He said, Yeah, I grew up when you are too, right? And Michael Richards had to look straight. Like, boy, if you black from England and you of that generation, you grew up an Arsenal fan. You can't deny it. Yeah. It is what it is. But yeah, I mean, shout out to Martinelli, one of the best investments in PL history already. Idu found my man in the third or fourth division of Brazil. He's been amazing this season. And like you mentioned, Marcus, um, you were, I think it was you who was bringing it up, how he would look like he lost form for a while when, you know, he wasn't getting much action on the left because Zinchenko likes to cut inside. And I agreed with you, but we see now with Trussard, they have that fluidity in the front three and that's unlocked Martinelli and Saka even more. Shout out. The star boy, Saka with a brace, double-doubles when it comes to goals and assists in the league. And then Saka rounded it out. Or, yeah, Saka scored in the 55th, actually. Saka scored again in the 74th. Uh, Shout-out to Jeffrey Schlupp, who scored for Crystal Palace, Ghana International. But overall, it was a good match. We definitely needed that going into the international break, especially when you see City Merca team 6-0. Mm. You see who uh you see who Crystal Palace picked up for their coach, right? Break it down. No, I, I missed that. Roy Hodgson, can you believe oh, it? Roy. <laughs> oh Lord. Roy Hodgson came out of retirement to go coach Crystal <laughs> Palace right now. Can you believe that shit? He needs to go to Green Spring retirement home. Thank you, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. They won't hey. Hey, about that game though, um, it got kind of ugly really, really quick. Um, like how you just said, Martinelli, I don't know what it is. I gotta give Tuzard his credit because at first I really wanted uh Inketian to work. But Inketian, you might be out. You you might be out for good. Yeah. Uh with Jesus coming back, bro. But um Martinelli cutting on that wing looking nasty it's funny it's like him and him and soccer that's that's all they practice bro because them shots is nasty they, they've been pinpoint lately yeah and it looks like also with gabriel jesus is like yeah we we play like a bootleg false nine system because gabriel ain't a gunman and Tussard he drops deep he's influencing play so much that he's not getting in goal scoring opportunities he's creating the chances 
So we have to rely on Martinelli and Saka to score and Odegaard, who's he had a good game, but you could tell also with like the influence of Troussard, he gets in the spots that Odegaard liked to get into. And now he ain't getting there. So now he has to try to overrun to get in the box to try to that shot that yeah. shot in the box when he kicked it off the uh crystal palace player i i was about to say it was a prime example of that yeah like he wanted to get deeper but it was like man i can't get over this i'm just about to shoot it it's like i still want my goals and my last thing i'll say about this game is man soccer you watching all of uh Henri's uh goal celebrations bro because every week he's hey, yeah. something out. hey man Henri Abe, that's our king, man. That's our big homie. He's he living a dream. It. He's living a dream. For sure. They, I'm feeling good, man. I, I hope we can stay strong because after this international break, it's going to get spooky. Yeah, if you guys don't know what's going on, it is international break in soccer. And in baseball, the season is about to start the MLB season, and it's the World Baseball Classic Final. The U.S. survey against Japan. Right now, America, we're down 2-1, top of the third. Goldschmidt struck out again. Oh. Right out the left, my bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, we 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 looking weak right now. But, hey. So early. It's only the uh, top of the yeah. third. We, yeah, we good. it's early. We got this. Yeah, what's that? What's that Hulk Hogan theme song? Ephraim, I am a real American. Yeah, come on, fight for something. <laughs> fight for the rights. Oh yeah, that's really so crazy. Right. <laughs> hey, Marcus, they need to play that Hulk Hogan theme for us to get a, a some boost. Hey, the seven finish stretch. You know what I'm saying? That's when they're gonna do it. You know. There you go. I don't know if they got the pitching. <laughs> oh man but hey let's get into another interesting matchup this like i told the homies in our chat this weekend was the most interesting tactical match i've seen so far this season Bayer leverkusen two Bayern munchen one cladis what are your views on the match tactically okay. first of all did you like that um Nigelsman continued with that 3-1-4-2. To be honest, I thought that we was going to go back to the 4-2-3-1 or the 4-3-3. Um, but to be honest, I give more credit to Xavi. Uh, he knows that Byron is going to attack nonstop, but the way he set out his team to really hit Byron on the counter uh, was honestly a great thing to watch. Credit to him and for them to get the point. To be honest, they I don't want to say they got lucky, but like again, they stick to their plan, even though they were down at first and came back the second half and got two penalties and won the game. For sure. Shout out Jabi Alonzo. Um, I think he did a great job tactically. He tried to suppress the middle of the pitch and take advantage of the flanks. If you want to play that high with wingbacks who aren't really wingbacks because they're wingers then we're going to exploit the space and like you mentioned Bayern took the lead Kimmich scored in the 22nd minute but at halftime Nigelsmann still subbed off Cancelo uh, Muller and Mane he did not like what he was seeing and he knew 
Leverkusen could be able to take advantage. And shout out to Bayern too. They were able to mark out Wurtz and Diaby. And because of that, Adil on the left wing was able to exploit the flanks. And then in both instances, it was very interesting. <laughs> he would get a yellow card for diving. The ref would have to go back for VAR, see that it was actually a foul. The first one was Pavard trying to get back. He was a little late. And the second one was up a Meccano. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so you can see. Tried to eliminate that boy. Yeah. <laughs> he slid his whole body into him. <laughs> they both got yellows as well. So because they have to cover so much space because they don't have wing backs to rely on, and then mm-hmm. Kimmich has the single pivot, he's pushing up. It put them in a lot of dangerous spots. And I think Nigelsman, he needs to watch Pep if he really wants to keep this up because Pep, that's the reason why he has a double pivot. Instead of going ultra aggressive like how Nigelsman is going with 3-1-4-2, Pep is doing 3-2-4-1. So there's more balance in the middle of the pitch. Maybe he needs to apply that. But uh yeah, salute to Xabi Alonso. This was a great match. Shout out my boy Frem Pong. You know, I know you play for the Netherlands national team, but they still haven't let you play in an official match. Come to Ghana, bro. Come home. We need help. I'll put you in midfield right now. But hey, what did, did uh did the rest of you guys, did you guys get the chance to see this match? What did you think about it? Hey man. It's too Tell the truth, people. Marcus. Tell the truth about my name, Marcus. Hey, first off, hold on. I'm not gonna go. He, he's a, he's the last. He's he's the last guy. I'm a, I'm a come. I'm a go in on. But first two, I I gotta go in on are my center backs. Uh, Delit, you were supposed to be the cover boy, and then you still letting Pavard give up give up freaking penalties, man. It looked real shaky in my opinion, like. They never were comfortable. Even though you got a back three, you never were comfortable. Uh, and like I said, Delit, Opakamye, and Mane. It, 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 do you got a curse for Bayern? Like whenever you start, bro, they never look. They never run like a machine like they were the week before. Yeah, we understand Muscala is hurt, but I mean. It didn't, like how you said, they never had no control of the game. They just went full-fledged, and then Zabby went masterclass, you know? I mean, you already know what we do. Um, Future Liverpool coach, you know, when Klopp leaves. Is it future Real Madrid coach or future Bayern coach? He got like ties to all of them. So. Didn't they tell that man, <laughs> he got didn't they pick. tell that man to go get some more experience before? We not going to do you like that, bro. You know where to come. Uh, come on, man. He is getting experience right now. He's coaching a team in the Champions League, or was, you know. I mean, he's he's getting his run. And yeah, I'm- but I would say, I would say though, like how y'all asked me, tech the the like I said before early in the season, Mane not being as technical as the other players on that team, it it kind of shows because they play those hard balls in to him, and he can't like his first touch is not on point like Nabri Coleman. Like any of those guys, so it, he he needs two touches sometimes, and it's not it's not really that type of space, yeah. and it and he just coming out the injury, so I guess you can give him some slack, but 
it's ugly when homie when when Chupacamia, whatever his name is, was looking better than yeah, you right now. Yeah, yeah, Chupamoteng is necessary. I was listening to Byron podcast and they said they need Moting now. They need that back to hurry up and recover because Claytis can attest to this. Byron is used to playing with a real number nine. They don't really do this false nine stuff. So as limited as Moteng is, him being a natural number nine, being that outlet, they can utilize that. While Mane, he needs to rely on his quickness and movement. And instead of using his physique to, you know, shield off defenders, bring others on, it is harder for him to adapt to that. But that's why you see now they try to play with a front two. So Muller or whoever the secondary striker is, can aid Mane so he's not isolated, but still wasn't able to work out. But uh, Clay, Moting is important, right? I mean, he got an extension too. He's well, necessary. Right, right, right. He's definitely, he's definitely important. You know, having a number nine in a Bayern lineup is important because they need that link up play. As much as, you know, you have Coleman, Sane, Gnabry, Musiala linking up, you know, creating chances and stuff like that. They kind of need somebody in that space to kind of, you know, play off of as well so I don't know what it is Mane has to like adapt I feel like when I watch him it's just like his intensity doesn't match the rest of the team like his hunger and like work that they like seems a little bit more relaxed compared to everybody else but again he just came off an injury so hopefully you know he finds his groove again because before he got injured he was definitely uh picking up some goals so wish him the best but after international break uh, Byron is normally like a machine, so we're going to see. I do got a question. Would you want to see Tail get more minutes? Of course. But again, look at the team. It's it's really hard to get minutes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like for him, like being able to get the minutes that he got this year and score the amount of goals he scored, he's definitely going to get more PT come next season. Should have went to PSG. We need help for Mbappe, man. Shout out to the new French captain, Killy Killy. Killy Killy. Shout out to Rennes for, for beating on uh, PSG this weekend as well. Yeah, while Kim K is in the house. Salute to her. Jinxing boys around Europe. Hey, man, we lost respect. <laughs> we lost respect for Rennes' manager, though. Wow, what happened? Chill, 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 chill. Well, still, drop That's why you lost. Let him know. Let him know, Dan. I, I missed on doing? this one. What happened? Yeah, tell me what happened with this one. He wants to disown any association with football manager, as you guys. Oh, yeah. Will yeah. still was being called the football manager coach. He grew up playing right. the game, loving it, and inspired him to become a coach. His brother's also a coach. Now he's saying, hey, man, I ain't fool with it like that, man. Y'all overdoing it. I played it when I was a kid. I haven't played in a long time. Leave me alone. And then you lost. That's what you get. <laughs> Imagine it's gone. Don't ever try to play the power of football manager. I saw Dembele. Usman Dembele was at a Fulham match. I know what that is. That's that's football manager. Oh no, it wasn't full. It wasn't full. It was Sunderland. Nah, he was. That was somewhere else. I think it was Sunderland, yeah, because one of his homies is uh, the Sunderland owner. So he put him on. I was like, yeah, that's also a football manager mission. I know what that is, Dembele. But yeah, we'll still... we'll find your saves, bro. We'll find out last time you played. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. We hey, don't let me call some boys at Sports Interactive. We can find it right now. But hey, let's go into the Champions League. The draw is out. Some brothers are still alive, you know. My team hasn't been there in a while. Unfortunately, Liverpool dropped out. But hey, I'm on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into these draws real quick. Uh Real Madrid, Chelsea. Who, yes, who do y'all got? I mean, there's only one way I can go with this one. Yeah. So I'm not sure. rooting for the blues. That's 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 gonna be yeah. I want they need to they need to win the Champions League to stay in the Champions League. So that's what this is what they got going for them this year. But uh Real Madrid all the way. Let's go. Los Blancos. Same crazy teams. I mean I need honestly, some. Oh, okay. The way, the way I'm sorry, the way Madrid is playing, I feel like we may be able to edge out a win. Um, it's Champions League. For some reason, we play better in the Champions League than we play in the league. So, mm. uh, I mean, so do they usually? So, yeah, exactly. Like, it's like it's like two, you know, hitting the hitting the wall head on on this one. So. Yeah, like like I mentioned earlier, I mean, the league in the last ten years, you can look it up. They've only won the league, I think, like two three times. So, I mean, this is what they do. Look straight in the league and then Champions League. Hey, but Clay, I will give you this. I think this might be a good chance for y'all to get them, though. I think I think they might be the most vulnerable in a way. But nah, I'm still going with uh, Madrid, though. Short sure. Anthony, who you got in that showdown? Please, I'm not betting against Benzema <laughs> Tapers ju Juju. Uh, okay. He's getting a hat trick in one of those matches. So, by, by Chelsea. Anthony still having nightmares from last season. Yeah, real talk. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. Better hope you don't see a Valverde banger from outside the box. Man, you know, please. <laughs> Benfica versus Inter. We're all going Benfica, right? They're rolling. They're rolling this year, though. I think they only got two losses all season or something like yep. that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. That might be a hot match, but look, look at these it, it, Italian teams. They doing a good job with defense. So it might be one of them one nil aggregates over two matches. So uh, eesh, that's gonna be a tough one to call. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Benfica. Why not? Right. I'm gonna go with Inter. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah so so they can. I, I place my UEFA bid just to see Inter in the final. You know, so we can walk away with the easy one. All right, I'm going with Benfica because Inter Milan, those boys, <laughs> the dark arts that they need to do just to get results, I don't think it's going to work against Benfica because they're too technical and classy. If you've been watching Inter, their last two matches, they get red cards, they play a ugly haram ball, and they struggle to score goals. And when you're going against a team like Benfica, that can chill in their league and rotate and stay fresh while enter they in a hot top four race with Milan is only two points behind them. Roma's only three points behind them. And Talanta's only five points behind them. They got to be hot. Their focus should be Serie A. So I think because of that, Benfica is going to take advantage and cook them up. Uh, Marcus, who are you rolling with? Um, only it, Italian team I'm fooling with is not them. Um, <laughs> like how you said, 
they don't got enough goals, bro. Lukaku can't save you in this one. Like one zero on the aggregate, not gonna. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not gonna work. <laughs> and that was against Porto, and yeah, Porto they cool, but they don't have the weapons Benfica does. And and I didn't speak on the other one. Um, I kind of want Chelsea to win so I can see them United boys in our group chat sweat. Oh, a little bit more. I um, think they'll be happy. Right. Yeah, ain't, look, we ain't gonna sweat, but we just don't want them to win. <laughs> somebody somebody yeah. betted with Clay that they wouldn't win the Champions League. So I need to see that um, shit happen. If Chelsea wins a third Champions League trophy, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, might Chelsea, have to my, I don't know. It might get ugly. If Chelsea wins a third Champions League trophy, then it shows you the Champions League isn't really that pressure. Because they keep winning it with Huff coaches, then what really is it, right? That's how I look at it. You won it with Roberto Martinez, Tuchel, and then this this custodian. All right. <laughs> hey man, and Winger went how many years? One final in how many years? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Come. City Bayern. This is gonna be the best match, I believe. The two best attacking teams in the world, two coaches trying to push their tactics to bring more attackers on the pitch. It's going to be a <laughs> shootout, man. What are you expecting, guys? Oh, man. The city, all the way. What you, what you want me to say? Holland Hattrick, Kevin De Bruyne, going to get like uh, three assists throughout the each, each tie. Hey. The whole draw. Yeah, come on, man. What? This is gonna be nah, y'all ain't y'all ain't scoring. Hey, like Holland, that. just to just to let it be known, Holland played against Bayern five times. Or sorry, he played against Bayern seven times and he had five goals and one assist. So he be cooking those boys, but he always lost because mm. he was at Dortmund. Now he has more gunmen on his side, so Theoretically, like he's breaking down Holland, we've seen him. He's in the form of his life, so he yeah. should be able to take advantage of Upper McConnell, Delict, and Pavard at the back. So this you usually, hold on, am I gonna be real quick? Usually, this is the time when Pep do his do that shit that I don't like. The ro <laughs> the robot tweaks. Um. So if if we see Kevin De Bruyne on the bench the first game. I could see them fucking fucking up one of these legs. Like, it's geek. If he does something geek, then they can lose the tie. If he goes there on a mission, like, yeah, this is my first time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I give it to him. But I, I'm going to lean towards Bayern, bro. Sorry. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I look, tactically, I think City might have the advantage on this one. At the same time, I just have I just got Byron just pulling it out. Four three aggregate aggregate. Yeah, you know, FC by mention going all the way. To be honest, I feel like it Marcus just said Pep is gonna tweak. He's gonna make some type of substitution, some type of formation. Something's not gonna be right. And that's where he's gonna fuck up at. And I feel like right now, Byron is starting to click a little bit more, even though they're not looking as good in the league. I feel like Champions League, like everybody knows 
what the goal is. Everybody's won it and they know what it takes to win it. And I think that's going to definitely help them. Musiala just put out of the um, international team. So, you know, that's about Holland just did the same thing, you know, what that's about. So everybody's kind of, you know, getting ready for showtime. For sure. Uh, before I thought Byron was going to win. Now I'm thinking I'm leaning city just off the basis of, like I mentioned, that three, one, four, two, if they keep that up, that's going to leave them too vulnerable at the back, especially with city. And I actually think, uh, Anthony helped me see this earlier. I actually think if De Bruyne sits down, it ain't really that bad, especially if Alvarez plays in that spot because Alvarez playing off Holland, it's spooky. You saw he provided a beautiful through ball for Holland, a Holland goal, and then he had a brace himself. So I could see them saying like De Bruyne, I don't know if you got the intensity to play against Bayern and we want another striker. Put Alvarez right there. I could see that happening. But based on the current tactics, I'll go with City. I think if the matches were switched and, and City was playing it away first, I could see De Bruyne not playing the first leg. But, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see him not playing. I, he has to play. I'm sorry. He really does. I don't, I don't think he's going to pull that kind of uh, move against this team. Um, not, not now. This was like FA Cup or something like that. Or if, if it was – Bayern playing first at uh at home, then I I give you that. But yeah, but I but but look, he, like you said, he does do some wild shit sometimes. So for sure. And then uh the last matchup, Milan Napoli. Anybody believe in Milan? No, I, mean, no. I, I know I know uh, the brothers need, that bump way forty five's music. You know that's my boy. That's my boy. You know him. You know, Tamari, Giroud, you know, I kind of want to see them make it through. But Origi! We all, we all know the reality about that. Nap Napoli about to, about to swipe them away. Yeah, I feel the same way. I don't think it's going to be. Yeah, I think they played already this season. I think Napoli won 2-1. But obviously that was in the uh, uh, in the league. So, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see. Nah, I think it's going to be Napoli. KK gonna cook. That's all I got to say. KK gonna cook, so that means Victor gonna eat. That's all that's gonna happen. Tamore, please don't get a red card. <laughs> I, I want to see you finish the tie, bro. Um, who else? It, it, I mean, it's gonna be. I don't even think that's gonna probably be the lowest one. Like I think Napoli gonna be cooking them both like two zip, just close to the victory type deals, like. That Benfica enter is a little bit more interesting in that aspect. For sure. Now, let's uh, segue. Let's use that to segue into an interesting topic that Claytis introduced. Um, Victor Oshiman is the hottest striker right now in the world, not named Erlen Holland. He is leading Serie A in goals. He's balling. He had a brace this weekend. Um, and it looks like He's going to be able to make a jump in his career either to the Premier League or maybe to Bayern München. And, you know, this is his breakout season. He's only been balling like this this year. Last year, he did play well, but not to this level. Um, what do you guys think? If you were Victor Oshiman, do you stay at Napoli another year 
and continue your development or do you make that jump now and get the racks? I think he's going to make that jump, honestly. Um, I mean, he's pretty much saying how much he wants to come to the Premier League or some other team that's not in the uh, Serie A. So, uh, you know, I was reading a quote earlier, if you don't mind me saying, reading this real quick. He said earlier this month, he said, I, I think playing in one of the top five leagues in the league, in the world, excuse me, is an amazing feeling for me. A lot of people worldwide consider the Premier League the best and the strongest league, but now I'm in one of the best leagues in the world, which is the Italian Serie A. I'm working so hard to make sure that I achieve my dream of playing in the Premier League. But like I said, it's a process, and I want to just keep this momentum and keep doing well. I mean, you could take that either way, right? That that looks like, yeah, I want to play in the Premier League. At the same time, he 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 does say something about the process. So it's going to be hard to say if 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 Napoli, you know, they value him. At, I think it's 150 euro a million. Euros. If somebody comes with 150 million euros, I, I think it's going to be hard for them to turn that down. Um, I think th they have kind of set that price to say if there's nothing less that we're taking, we're not taking anything less than 150 euro, uh, that million euros. So, I, if whatever team comes correct, I think he's gone. Honestly, that's what I'm thinking. But to your point, if 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 he wants to get better, if I, I guess I don't know how much more he can, how much better he can get, but if he wants to keep on with the process, yeah, stay there. You know, do another year there, but um. He's going to win the league. Looks like he has a chance to win the Champions League. If he does both for some reason, yeah, I can see him leaving. Play yeah. this thing. For real, for real, I feel like the issue with a lot of players nowadays, strikers, you know, attackers, midfielders, whatever the case may be, is like they tend to make that jump a little bit quicker than they need to, as opposed to like developing their skills and then, um, making that jump because a lot of times when they make that jump and then they get to that, you know, that big club, it's hard for them to adjust. They're either they don't start or they end up playing left wing back. You feel me? Um, and I feel like Victor has the opportunity to potentially stay at Napoli for another year and just, you know, add more to his game. We all know that he's able to score a lot of goals. A lot of time he has a lot of header goals, you know, one thing he could probably improve on is his, you know, link up play coming in deep a little bit more, which he does do now. But if he could emphasize on that, you know, long range shots, you know, uh, there are different type of things that you could definitely add to his game. But again, if he makes that jump, he's definitely going to be an asset to any team that he goes to. But I'm just scared that, you know, a lot of players are making that move without really solidifying who they are as a player yet. And real quick, before somebody else go, hey, let me ask you this, though, because I hear you on that. At the same time, what if that's what he needs? What if he needs that move to make that next leap in his career, to make that next, um, you know, that next uh, step in the process for him to be maybe more of a link-up player, more of a – maybe he maybe somebody wants him to play false nine or something like that. You know, what, what if he doesn't have that right now at Napoli and the move is what he needs? That's definitely understandable, but I feel like at the same time, um, with what Napoli has done this season, I don't feel like they will be against, you know, like helping him develop. You feel me? Like if they see different areas that he can improve on, they're definitely going to let him know as well. So it's like it may not be stuff that he may see, but there may be stuff that Napoli sees that can improve him as a player as well. So at the end, I feel like, yeah, he can make that move and then learn, you know, different things at different clubs. But I still feel like 
for strikers for them to really be like you know top strikers and be like wholesome name be like oh yeah he used to have 30 goals per season 35 you know like they really need to solidify themselves like really like know like I'm a, I'm a box striker or I'm a you know link up type of striker like you really need to know who your identity is and I think he's close to like you know finding it out and I'm scared that if he goes somewhere else he might lose that Anthony Ephraim I'm whoever wants to go Marcus uh what do you guys think or Ephraim I know you said something already my bad but what do you guys think? Are you making that jump if you're Oshiman? Uh, I may wait a little bit, um, at least one more year. I was seeing that a lot of his goals were um within the box, and I mean that's that's good. Uh, but I wonder, like, if he could work on his. I, I haven't watched him play, but like Clayton said, Napoli probably wouldn't invest in helping him develop. Um, if they're already on fire, uh, honestly, if I was him, I'd leave if everybody else start leaving, for real. If the team start getting broken up and we ain't about to win, I'm skedaddling. Um, but other than that, I would stay and see uh, for one more year and try to develop because why not, you know, try to get another league title, maybe go for the big one if they don't get it this year, um, and then leave a legend and and continue your legendary career. So yeah. uh the echo probably what everybody is saying. Um honestly, I think I'm sorry to say this, but if he leaves, he'll be he might become Lukaku. And like what rumors is is that man United is the ones that will want him. And I don't think that setup that they have is is similar to Napoli. I think if he goes to Bayern, that'll probably be best case scenario because you got Jamal, you got Coleman, you got multiple um uh, Mueller, you got multiple people that can feed you. Um, like how you said, most of his goals are in the box, but um, and he should he he needs to kind of work on like I guess like I would say connect play. Well, I wouldn't even say connect play because I think his passes like to KK or to the midfielders is solid. But maybe you need those that that show that ability that you can shoot from the outside of the box. It might need to happen a little bit more. I mean, you still Batman, but you might need another year in Napoli. That's all I say on it. I will say real quick, if he does come to United, and I don't know how y'all rape Ten Hag, but he has proven so far to be able to help develop players and do other things with them. So I can't. I will say, has you know, he? And yeah, he absolutely has. Where curse. He looks terrible. Ten Hag is like thirty years old. That, that, I'm not talking about him. He's almost twenty four years old, <laughs> right? Like Marcus Rashford, right? Like people like that. That's what I'm talking about. A winger. You know, Jake Sancho is getting put put into a ten position now. Another you know, winger, right? But he's converting. Oh, him into he he looks. Oh my God, Sancho! <laughs> what is going on with my boy? What do you What are y'all doing to him? Is he allowed to go to church? Jordan. He needs to go to church. Yeah, what did he do to himself? He, he needed to get out of his funk. That's what his, his problem was. He stayed in Dortmund. He he lost himself. He he realized, and that's a great cautionary tale. A brother wanted to come to England, twerking for it for years, finally goes and he's up. Not saying that'll happen to Oshiman. I think Oshiman should take the opportunity 
jump at it, get the money. Life is short. You're a striker. Your goal is to score goals. He's not going to do much else. But, hey, sometimes that's all you need. And he can still add more to his game. He's 24. He can definitely continue to develop. But, yeah, I think you got to take the money now. But we all know Napoli don't play with transfers. So we'll see how that goes because – 150 million? I ain't paying that, but 90 to 100, 105? Yeah, we could talk about that. So we'll see how that goes, but he might get priced out. But uh, Marcus, uh, Japan is up 3 1, and uh, we need some positivity. So why don't you bless us with that MLS minute? First off, first off, before we get into the positive news, we got a little bit of shaky news. You know, we back on international break, and you know we had to speak on it. Yes, Mr. Gio got called back, and you know what? Mr. Tim Ring said it's all good, fellas. There ain't no hate. It's all good on that side. But, hey, man, we're going to go ahead and get into the MLS Minute this week. <laughs> We got a juicy story in the game. But first, I'll give a little respect. You know, we got CONCACAF Champions League on this side. You know, Austin, they won the game this week, but they lost on aggregate. They won uh, three zip, and then they lost 0-3 on aggregate. Uh, Philly, they was the only ones to hold it down on this side for us, man. They went on in advance 4-0. They won the game 4-0. Yeah, because the game before was 0-0. And like I said, let's go ahead and get into this hot story this week because it, it's in the middle of this game, of our three games that we cover, as we do. Uh, this week, we cover Philly versus Montreal. <laughs> Man, I'm going to call this one VAR on VAR crime before we even get into the game. Um, overcap, I mean, oh, oh, review of the game. Union was up 2-1. Uh, we got the striker, <clears throat> Carranzo. Carranza, they DP, doing some stupid stuff out here. Pressing guys when they up 2-1. Get another little yellow. Get up off the pitch. Now we down one. <clears throat> 89th minute. We thinking the game is over with. What is that? Uh, freaking Montreal get a shot off the bar. The guy sits there and gets it on the ricochet. So we thinking the game is 2-2. We think we we about to be in uh, the full extra minute, extra time minutes. 2-2. But hold on. This is where we get our VAR on VAR, double VAR, whatever you want to call it, situation. Referee walk over. When the goal happened to VAR, he think the guy all sides. He come back on the pitch. He said, hey, man, no goal. The whole, both teams around the talking shit. Like, hey, man, go check that again. The man touches it. I get. I guess, uh, what? what is it? They say it's downtown London in the uh, Premier League. So what is this? Shit, DC? DC phoned him in. And they uh told him to get his ass back at that screen. Two minutes later, we hey, hey, but hold on. Another thing you gotta say, this 95 minutes in on the uh 94 minute game. Uh two minutes later, my boy come back on the pitch and say it's a goal. So hey, we gotta give him that four minutes, right? We ain't gonna get to the 97 minute. And Montreal get another ball in the box. 
and I don't know the homie name, but he remind me of uh Torre, how swole he is playing striker. He bodies the homie and gets a header for the stash and grab, man. Like, you know what I mean? Montreal get that thing 3-2 on Philly. Second game, <laughs> you we we back watching rubbish. Uh DC United versus NYFC. Uh, you know, this week again, as usual. DC got dominated on the possession tip. They get cut up all day long. What is it? They get down to they down to zip. Then you know what? We get an appearance from that man, Christian Benteke. He sits there and elevate like he was damn near five years younger than he is, and he gets a goal. Uh, what is that? We get the dark kid had a good appearance also again. They get another goal late. And then they bring it to three two, but they still get that. I mean, they still take that L. Um, because NYFC they got a, a late goal off the counter when DC was trying to go for it all. And the last game, you already know, man. ATL United. We smoking Portland, man. You know, we they was back at the bins. You know how we do. Um, man, we we got them up out the way five one, man. We shit. I'm gonna go ahead and let y'all know. My goal of the week gonna be Mr. Almada and and you know what we could cut the MLS minute short a little bit because my last thing for this week is the Genesis of the Week award is the referee that went to the screen and did double var. So fellas what's y'all what's y'all champion goal of the week? I'm gonna go with my brother Ernest Nuama playing for Norseland in Denmark. His team needed him 19 years old and he stepped up. He scored a goal to equalize a match, missed a penalty in the 89th minute, then scored the game winner two minutes later. Bless up. I'm going to go with Frank Kessie. Not because it was beautiful, but because it was the end of the match, 92nd minute, uh, a game-winning uh, goal uh, over uh, Real Madrid. Sorry, Jamar. But, yeah, that's mine for this week. See, I'm going to go with Osiman's header. Only because his post-match uh, interview, he was like, I know the kids back home be betting on me so they could go eat. So I fuck with that. <laughs> yes, Uh I'm going to go with uh, Alvarez's goal. The assist from De Bruyne and Alvarez ducking under the defender, sending uh, the ball the, right under the top post. Yeah. I'm in the club with the referee that – rescinded both the yellow cards and dapped up my man every time in the Leverkusen Bayern match. Yeah, I'm in it with Holland uh, for acting like he's hurt during this international break. <laughs> Double VAR ref, we in the club. I'm going to go with Barcelona because they just rolling in the little league right now, so they in the club with me. <laughs> nice. no, no club. No club. Hey, Everybody, everybody lost. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> lost. <laughs> <Stay now. laughs>